Good afternoon. Welcome to this afternoon's edition of the Richard Urban Show. I'm your host, Richard Urban. Today, we're very happy to have Renee Wibley on. She's running for the state Senate in District 16 on the Republican ticket. So please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Renee Wibley, and I am running for West Virginia State Senate for the 16th District. Um, that district has all of Jefferson County and part of Berkeley County. Um, I am a Christian conservative mother of two and grandmother of two. I have, um, I moved here in 2007 from Columbus, Ohio to start a Stanley Steamer carpet cleaning franchise with my husband and children. Um, five years later, he passed away. So I continued to raise my children as a single mother and I ran our business by myself. Um, I've worked behind the scenes for the Republican Party for several years. In fact, uh, I ended in December, I was the president of the Berkeley County Republican Club. So uh, it was just, um, I felt it was time to stand up and uh, represent my and help my community in a more substantial way. Okay, great. So what do you think like the most important issue or issues facing West Virginia are right now? Well, I'll tell you that I have been campaigning for months and I've been door knocking and I've talked to the people in the 16th district. And what they're saying is education, um, they want their children well-educated. Um, they don't want critical race theory taught. They don't want wokeism taught. Um, they do not want transgender issues or sexual um, um, items um, taught in their schools. Um, they wanna go back to, uh, they want arithmetic, reading, writing, history. That's what they want taught to their children. They're also concerned about the current economy, you know, gas prices, energy prices, um, everybody's feeling it. Um, they've heard that food is gonna be um, in shortage. So they're worried about that. And they're also worried about infrastructure, um, the roads. Um, specifically, I've heard about um, um, 81 and Washington Street in Charlestown. And of course, broadband issues. So those are the, what they're telling me. Okay. All right. Well, that does relate to one issue. I'm over here in Shannondale, and there's been some discussion, like I was interviewing some uh, two of the candidates for the uh, delegate, District 100. And there's some concern, since there's something like 4,000 people down Mission Road here, that if there would be, say, a fire, there's no exit except one two-lane road. So uh, there's been some talk about and uh, the need for some kind of emergency X or something. And that relates, I think, to the state uh, positions like delegate and Senate because the state would have to fund it. Any opinion about that? Well, of course, if, if they do need an exit route, we should do that. That only makes sense to me. Um, so if they have one way in and one way out, and if there is a fire, what would happen? So it's worth investigating in, too, and, and, and seeing what we can do as a state. Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about, like, the, um, you know, constitutional issues that, so in the 21, 2021 uh, 
assembly session, there was a push and uh, there was um, a bill introduced in the House that passed overwhelmingly to restrict the governor's mandates that were endlessly going on. And then your um, nearby uh, Senator Trump completely gutted that and it never passed because of course the House couldn't accept that. So all that being said, you know, are you concerned about these unlimited um, kind of uh, powers the governor has? Has, yes, yeah, still has. And uh, to my knowledge, in this 22 session, nothing was done about that. Would you address that or do you have any comment on it? Well, I did not like the mandates at all. And they're very unconstitutional. And the only reason I think that the mandates happen, first of all, I think we've never... Uh, had a pandemic before. So I think people were afraid and I think they were afraid of not getting reelected. So I think that here comes this mandate down. They shut down all small business, but not large business. Now, right there, I think, well, that doesn't make sense. Um, so no, I'm not for mandates. Um, I don't know why, but somebody else asked me this and I have no idea why, um, Trump had um, rewrote that bill. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I don't know why they didn't stand up and say enough. I'm not sure. Would I have? Absolutely. I, I would never have shut small businesses down in the first place. Yeah. Well, I did listen to some of the live debate at that time. It seemed like he was um, saying what a wonderful job Governor Justice was doing. So to me, it's kind of scratching the back, or <laughs> as you might say, of Governor Justice. But I, I don't really know exactly. It and I seemed, don't either. It seemed very wrong, though. Um, but I would tell you that, you know, there's a lot of small businesses that will never open their doors again. And um, a governor nor the federal government has the right to shut down somebody's livelihood. This is how they make money. This is, this is because I've owned uh, small businesses. You put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in there. So to shut them down, uh, I, I wasn't a, uh, I was not in agreement with that at all. Okay. That relates to another thing I want, I want to ask you about. Um, so something I've been working on for a number of years is the issue of health freedom or vaccination choice, meaning, as you're aware, I, I think you have children who are in, uh, probably in the school system, or in, I, or th I guess your children probably go to public schools, or anyway, they're you're older now, they're so older. they did go to public. Right, so you're yes. aware of the fact that in West Virginia, if you don't receive all of the shots, which is some like 20 some doses of 14 different vaccines, you may not attend public school, you may not attend private school. And in fact, medical exemptions are almost impossible to get. So the question is, and I was working on this pre-COVID by the way, should people have the choice to vaccinate or not vaccinate their kids? Or for that matter, we see with the whole COVID situation themselves, should this be a personal choice or is there some overriding reason why West Virginia mandates, for instance, all these different shots with no exemptions. What's your opinion on it? 
Well, I did have my children vaccinated um, with all the MM, mumps, measles, all that, but those have been eradicated. So I really never understood why we're still vaccinating against them. Can they come back? I'm not sure. If we closed our borders, maybe not. It's just a you know, um, but no, I, um, I'm not vaccinated. I chose not to get vaccinated. Um, I think it's a personal choice. Um, you know, does the schools have a right? They're public schools. I don't know. I'd have to look into the code on that. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I um, also agree that if your child has been harmed by a vaccination, you should have an exempt against all vaccinations. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't know enough about um, what the code is. Um, I'm all for freedom. Yeah. Um, I could send you a fact sheet, like organization produced yes. on vaccination choice in, uh, in uh, West Virginia. I, I do know your opponent, though, me and my wife were lobbying for that issue. We did meet Jason Barrett, and he said he was not in favor of allowing religious or conscientious exemptions, which for now really like three decades, the health, health freedom movement and very, various groups and people like myself have been pushing for that. And it hasn't yet passed. We were one of only two states to have that requirement. Now it's, I think, up to four where, you know, you can't go to school without all the vaccinations, no religious exemptions, no conscientious exemptions. So well, I, yeah. I, I feel that if, if you know, um, if you've eradicated something like when I was young, measles, kids got measles and mumps, they don't have those anymore. So why are we still vaccinating? Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, so I don't know if, you know, you, you vaccinate and then um, you continue or it'll come back. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm, I'm all for freedom as a parent. If you do not want to vaccinate your children, you have the very, you have the right not to. Okay, that's clear. All right. Yeah. Also, another thing about the um, like constitutional freedoms and also election integrity to me is, a, is an important issue. Again, um, yeah, I didn't really see any correct me if I'm wrong or enlighten me more, but much talk or movement about that. And what I, I mean, I'm referring to is also the, um, yeah, just ensuring like that there's integrity at the ballot box. I'm researching it more locally and I've learned that, you know, that is controlled at the county level. Like here in Jefferson County, I don't know about, you know, Berkeley County, they now use only what I call black box machines no more like paper ballots, which is causing long lines because they don't have enough. But more than that, I think it raises a lot of questions. So I guess my, about, you know, what could those machines be doing? I mean, we've seen a lot of talk of that in 2020. So, and it's I justify my opinion. So should we do anything to see if we can make things more secure in that way? Or do you have an opinion on it? Well, I think they've been working on that and they passed a bill um, that, um, let's see, I don't know if I have that, um, that states that the polling machines will not be hooked up to the internet. Oh, okay. So I, I, I like that. So there's not going to be any um, uh, foreign um, 
people or um, entities coming in and, and um, causing havoc or um, mm. I don't know a lot about what they do and how they do it, but so it's not, right. it's, um, and I did have the bill written down earlier because I was talking to somebody about that. Okay, so that Mac passed Warner, 22 Mac, session, this yep. session. And I think but, Mac Warner is trying to do a, a good job at keeping um, the integrity of our voting yeah. and elections. Yeah, I was wondering why we use Clarity Elections. That's one of the groups that was said to have foreign servers and stuff for tabulation. I have And are yeah. they still using that? I'm not sure. Yeah, um they are. Apparently up until 18, you know, it was done on our own West Virginia site or sites. Mm -hmm. And then starting in I believe 18, could be wrong about that, but definitely in 20 they used Clarity Elections. Uh, I haven't seen where they're not using it. I mean, we haven't, I guess had the election yet this time around, as far as I know, something, I don't see why we, we, we shouldn't, we should do it ourselves. We being, you know, West Virginia. Right, but they should, you know, I'm, I'm all for um, American companies, not companies that have uh, other interests outside of the United States dealing with our election issues. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, but I think they, they passed a law that said, um, you know, that they, um, they won't allow them to hook up or to uh, have internet access, which is good. And you're right, there are, why don't we have more than two voting machines when we go in and there is a line all the way around the church or the school or wherever we're voting? I'm not sure about that either. Yeah, well, I, I like just even the last couple of days, I was writing to our, our council member and talking to the board of elections in now this is Jefferson. I'm in Jefferson County, obviously, but yeah, in 2016, they decided to dump the um, pen and paper ballots. Those are still allowed. That's not a state thing. Voting machines have to be approved by the state if you use them, but you are still allowed to use paper ballots, but in Jefferson County, there are no more paper ballots since 2016. Wow. So now we at our polling place you might have to wait up to a couple hours and it's not because so many more people are voting it's because they can only literally because i i checked it because it's sequential process like 35 people through an hour well golly in our polling place there's like whatever eight nine hundred thousand people registered so if even only half of them show up i mean oh. it, it's it's not very efficient right right when i worked back because i've worked the polls in Back Creek Valley, and um, uh, it it was more of a not electronic and not paper, but it was mechanical, and you would you'd have to hit a button to go to the next um, slide or whatever, and then it gave you a tally, and then you hit it, and then you had to give a piece piece of paper back to um, the person who took you over there, and they you know so it was kind of antiquated to me. Um, but maybe it is safer to do it that way or paper ballots. Okay. All right. On another topic, um, we were talking about education and CRT. That's obviously a hot topic. Something that our nonprofits been involved with is we help you to succeed by staying absent from sex for marriage and drugs and alcohol and provide that kind of education. So do you think that, you know, abstaining from sex before marriage should be the standard for school age youth. And um, I would call that, we call that kind of education like absence-centered education. 
I mean, should that be preferred uh, type of education for youth versus the so-called comprehensive, which includes all the LGBT stuff and other stuff, if you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and I absolutely agree because they've done studies that say if you stay in school and not have a child and when you get and you graduate, you will be become more successful than having a child out of wedlock and not finishing school. So why that's aren't right. we teaching that? It makes sense to me. Yeah, that's a no brainer, but it's not what's emphasized. Um, certainly not in so-called comprehensive sex ed. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not sure about Berkeley County, but here I did recently look at the curricula. So the one that was more like progressive or I don't know what was in it, but the teachers, high school teachers rejected that. And I looked at the middle school one and it was kind of neutral, but that's not to say, you know, materials couldn't be brought in or discussions by the teacher and things like that. So I agree with you, you're right. You know, if you do graduate from high school, if you don't have children until you're married, you know, if you get a job also before, you know, engage in, you know, sexual relations, i.e., you know, and have children, then, yes, you're like 90% more likely, less likely for your children to live in poverty. And Correct. You're right. Correct. So because there have been studies on that, and it just makes the, the child, um, um, successful, I feel that we should be teaching that. Yeah, agreed on that. So on another, I would say, um, a family issue, I noticed that, uh, and this will segue into, I guess, two issues, but, you know, um, Jason Barrett was, uh, I saw a write-up about his support for a bill like that would have, I guess it didn't go anywhere, but would have uh, House Bill 2998. Well, let me, can I read, I'll read one quote from the uh, West Virginia family. Okay, right? and it's Bill 2998? That was the one he introduced in, oh, okay. um, in 2021 that would have allowed for like person identifying as a sex to use that bathroom, regardless of their actual, you know, biology um, or sex, I should say. Let's see, so let me read something. Yeah, that's the uh, West Virginia family foundation. All around West Virginia, Democrats have been registering as Republicans just to hold on to their power. Jason Barrett co-sponsored a bill to allow adult men in girls' restrooms and also has a very pro-abortion record. Liberals like Jason Barrett should be kept out of the Republican Party and certainly kept out of Charleston. WVFF President Ray Lambert stated. So all that being said, um, do you have an opinion about should this kind of bill be allowed? But also I think the larger question is, and I've seen that locally in local politics here in Jefferson County, in my opinion, people say they're Republicans, but wow. the party seems to be just accepting anybody without any litmus test. Maybe they should have said, hey, what's your belief on this? And say whatever, depending on their answer, no, thank you. Anyway, go ahead if you have any comment on that. Well I've been a conservative all my life. Um, I've, I live conservatively, I vote conservatively. Um, I understand some people will change parties, um, but in, you know, if he passed that bill last year while he was a Republican, that's not a Republican. Stance. I don't think it passed, but it was, he was a, a Oh, and introduced, yeah. So that's not a Republican 
stance on things, you know, um, what about my rights as a woman? You know, I, I, I feel when you make those types of um, laws, it's for a small amount of people and um, uh, it opens up where now you can take a person that is, you know, is a derelict <laughs> to come into a, a women's restroom. And the law that, that they're proposing, you know, he's allowed to. Um, I, I have a problem with that, but I don't think that's a conservative um, um, bill to support. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's just a, a very in interesting. The whole thing to me is very interesting. Right, so that's, that's not, um, if, if you look at the Republican platform, the Republican platform would never um, introduce a bill like that at all. <laughs> Yeah, there seems to be a, a split or divergence between those kind of principles and what's actually happening on on the ground, you know. So, yeah, that yes. De definitely a problem there. Um, yeah. So I guess another maybe one other an other question I had is like, you know, when we debate issues like this one's a good example. For instance, people like myself would say. Well, God created, you know, men and women, so we should recognize that. And so those kind of arguments, which I think are not sectarian to any particular religion or anything, but they do obviously have to do with your view or belief in God, you know, should be discussed. But I mean, so what I'm getting at is what do you what's your opinion like about, I guess, what I would generally term like God in the public square? How should these things factor into the political debate? Well, when when you vote for a person, you're voting for that person and, and what they stand for. So people know I'm a Christian. So a cr Christian value is man made or God made a man and, a, and God made a woman. I believe in the Bible. I believe that the Bible is without error. So um, when God says he made a man and a woman, plus all this time, we have um, put, wh whether we're classifying animals, humans, plants, in a male and a female category. Uh, all my life, I haven't seen anything in the middle. Um, I understand there are people out there that, uh, for whatever reason, you know, a man may think that he is a woman, um, but he's still a man. He's still a biological man. They should a biological man, whether he is transitioning or has completely transitioned to a woman, cannot play with other women in sports. That's just not fair. I mean, when you looked right. at the swimmer, she's like so much bigger. And and I don't mind calling if um, a trans man transitions to a woman and he is presenting himself as a woman and he wants me to call him a sheep. I don't have a problem with that, but you're still a man. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a common, a common sense approach. You know, we're all created equal and we're equal. And so, and we have the right to pursue our own happiness. Um, and if that's that man doing that, but don't infringe on my rights as a woman, 
a biological woman and think that you're going to come into my bathroom. Why is there a law about that? Because if a man transitions completely into a woman, you may not even recognize that person as a biological man and they're going to slip in the bathroom anyhow. And no big, you, you know, we're not going to know. But when you start making laws about that, then you have derelicts, you have people that aren't that, that will say they are to get into a woman's restroom or a locker room. I mean, I, that's what I foresee happening. Right. Yeah. I know. I think Loudoun County. Yeah. Right. A common, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a common sense approach. Right. Yeah. Well, um, on another topic, I think we're coming near the end of the interview. Like you mentioned, um, people concerned about uh, food security. There's more talk about that and, uh, you know, different uh, about that specifically. Do you have any thoughts maybe on the issue of what, if anything, the legislation should be involved with as far as uh, food production, local foods, um, things like that, anything like that? Yes, well, I think, you know, if if we um, together can make West Virginia strong and ward off the overreach of the federal government, we would be in a better place today. We are an energy state. Um, we have that good, clean coal. They always call it clean coal um, that we can um, generate our own energy. If we can do that, we can grow our own food. So, um, you know, I, I, I would just like to see West Virginia um, continue to um, ward off those, those um, the overreach of the federal government um, by not taking funds from the federal government. I know people are like, what? But why can't we be self-sufficient? I agree, I agree. No, I, um, there's a lot wrong today, I feel, and there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and it, it starts in your community. So I, I would love to see Jefferson and Berkeley counties do food co-ops, you know, where you, um, let's face it, I had a garden and I had so many peppers <laughs> that I could not eat. But wouldn't it be nice if you had a co-op that everybody could bring their food to one location and you do a swap or however that works. But yeah, I'd that's a good idea. We're working on some, some ideas like that in Shenandoah. Yes. Like uh, get purchase food together or even have farmers come out here if they're willing to deliver their products and we'll have a collective base of people. Right. So I think if you work together as a community, uh, you can do so much more. Um, and I've always believed that. I've always worked well with people and bringing people together. And That's good. Yeah, it's needed. That's needed. Well, as we're winding down, any like uh, more thoughts on like why the voters should choose you? How are you different from your opponent and what are you know why they should vote for you? Well, I, I've been a lifelong conservative and I've worked for the Republican Party um, uh, and I'm I'm not going to switch who I am. So everything that you see and hear about me, um, like all my palm cards that I have out, my website, that that's ingrained in me. That is how I was brought up. I'm pro-life. I'm pro-family. Um, I'm pro-Second Amendment. And I'm pro-constitution. Our constitutional rights are being chipped away at. 
almost daily, every time you pick up the newspaper or, or, or watch the news. So I want to stand with the hardworking families of the 16th district and of West Virginia and guard against the federal overreach and guard against um, you know, people uh, trying to chip away at our, our freedoms. Okie dokie. Um, that, that's great. That's great. Okay, so I do want to encourage everybody to get out and vote on Please. May, May 10th, yes. And um, I think here in Jefferson County, I think also there, it's all, the only election for the Board of Education too. So you definitely don't want to miss that either. Right. And the primary, as we said, is very important, um, you know, to make your choice there. So we, I want to thank you again for like coming on today. Thank you very much. It was pleasurable. <laughs> Okay. Well, this is Richard Urban. Thank you for uh, joining us today, and we'll see you next time.